Um, yeah. So let's uh, you know what? Let's 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 just get in. Let's just get right into it. Um, welcome everybody to uh, Game Busters. This is a podcast from GameLuster.com. Uh, if you're new here, every week we pick a different game and we talk about the history and development of that game and just have some fun with it. We're just trying to chill and uh, make everybody forget about the world outside. Um, so yeah, well, uh, I'm Nerev and I have been uh, promoted back to host again. Um, <laughs> re- my reign re- was not great. <laughs> her reign was uh, iron-fisted but short. Um, <laughs> the brightest flames bright. Maybe, uh, maybe saying. <laughs> Tin-fisted, maybe, but iron-fisted, that, that's a little... <laughs> tin, the tin, the, the, they call her the tin-fisted queen. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, Ree's also here. Yo, howdy. Hey. hey. And it's also her birthday. She's it turning, is. how old are you turning four? Is that right? <laughs> I'm not a baby anymore. I'm, I am a 22-year-old adult. You cannot bully me for being a baby anymore. <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, She's the squeakiest voice ever, Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, Kyle, she, how old are you? I forgot. You I am just about to turn 29. 29, okay. I think. Yeah, I thought you were a year older than me. Yeah. Um. Okay. Axel, Ax, are you old? Uh, older than you. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I, I will be 45 in July. Oh, yeah, that's more. <laughs> that is a higher number. Um. Like counting on my fingers yeah. right now. When I'm talking to people, <laughs> when I'm talking to people who are y- younger than me, like the the best way to get to figure out like subtly like how old they are is to ask what their first Pokemon was. <laughs> and and it, and if it's like you know like oh like you know fucking Chimchar, you're like oh okay whoa, <laughs> okay hold on a second. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, our special guests today are indeed Axel from Game Luster. And uh, Kyle from MTV's The Real World. Hello. He was not actually on the show. This is a reference to a previous episode. I was in the background. <laughs> Wait, you were there? <laughs> no. We're going to add that to the game lost the lore. Yeah, to the lore. Um, okay. Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into the Hall of Fame luster and get, uh, get, get going. So this will actually be a good one because we're already located on the moon. Um Today, I want everybody to bring with them uh, the best blue alien, uh, I guess preferably from... Uh, I didn't say from video games, so I guess it could be from anywhere. Um, oh, but yeah. Huh? <laughs> I did not pick one from video games. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's what I was saying. Like, okay. I, didn't say th- I didn't say from video games in there, so uh, we'll let it be from anywhere. Okay. Which is good, because mine is also not from video games. All right. Can't even uh, follow your own rules. Can't- I didn't make the rule. That's the whole point. <laughs> Damn it. All right. The only uh, rule is that there are no rules apart from the, uh, the... two that we've set. Ah. All right, Ree, you go first and you get you get a birthday bonus. Hey. Oh, okay, good cuz like I mine is stretching the limit of the questions so bad. Um but I I did it anyway. Um so Nera, this is a callback to our Final Fantasy 10 video. Do you remember the guy called Seymour who had the funny hair and was totally not a villain? Yeah, I do. So because of the fact that apparently his species is classed as an alien, and the fact that he has blue hair, I'm going to make him my one. Like I really? said, I'm really stretching the definition of blue alien here. Um, but I, I really just wanted to take an opportunity to laugh at how funny his hair is. Um, 
in general. He's he's part of the is it Guado species, I think. Um, according to some like, wiki that, that I was like on. That sounds like a Star Wars. Is that right? It sounds. It does sound like a Star Wars, doesn't it? Um, but according to the wiki I was on, the Guado are an alien race. Um, their distinguishing features being uh, stupid anime villain hair and some long ass <laughs> nails. So. Yeah, and also he's called Seymour, and I find that hilarious. Feel like this big bad villain. Um, yeah, I, I'm. Does just he have like a villain to... name at least, like a Voldemort? No, he's no. literally just Seymour. Yeah. That's his. That's his C- only Seymour C- Marvel riddle. It, 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 it's like be, you know somebody from Beetlejuice Five saying, "Yes, the name Ford Prefect will blend in perfectly well." <laughs> yeah, it's just it's crazy. Um, so yeah, he, he's my pick. Okay. Uh, all right. I'll just put in see more butts. All right. <laughs> um, uh, Kyle, what do you have? Okay, I'm coming with the uh, experiment six twenty six, aka Stitch. Oh shit! From That's Lilo a good Stitch. fucking poll. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, he he is a genetically modified experiment, but mm-hmm. alien made. Therefore, it counts. Yeah, it definitely um, does. He's immortal. Doesn't age at all. Uh, he's supposed to be bulletproof. Although I don't know if he was actually shot at all. <laughs> he's shot movies. with lasers. Okay, yeah. But by physical bullets, I'm not sure if that yeah, uh... would affect him or not. And he's extremely strong. Yeah, Stitch actually was sort of like the last experiment. Like he's like the ultimate life form. He's sort yeah. of the Shadow the Hedgehog of the Disney oh, canon. Another Shadow reference. <laughs> Less than ten minutes in, that is a record. It's definitely not a record. <laughs> uh, and add a okay. bonus, he's also very cute. That that's true. He is very cute. Lilo and Stitch is wildly underrated. It is very good. I and, agree. I completely uh, agree. Honestly, did anyone watch the TV show like when you were a kid? Like it was actually yes, pretty good. Like. I have yeah, I remember enjoying it. I remember six two five, the sand the sandwich alien. <laughs> was this power sandwiches? <laughs> there there I mean, was a fucking that's the flash best power game. you can no, have. There was a flash game we played all the time on, on Disneychannel.com and you would go there <laughs> and you would fire up like six two five sandwich rush and like Gantu would like throw pieces of sandwich at you and you would have to like catch them <laughs> and make a big sandwich. <laughs> Game of the year. That game is canon, oh. by the way. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, I'm very happy about that. Axel, what do you have? Uh, it may seem a little not quite alienish, but uh, it definitely works if you if you think about it. Uh, from the Destiny series, Commander Zavala. Uh, I need to look up a picture of him. I know I know Destiny vaguely. Uh, Commander what? Zavala. Z a v a l a. Um. Okay. All right. He is blue. I'll give you that. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about him. Uh, he is one of the Awoken, uh, as evidenced by the blue hair and funny, or blue skin rather, and uh, funny looking eyes. Uh, in the Destiny canon, the Awoken were originally human settlers or colonists who were trying to escape Earth during the collapse. Uh, when the darkness came in and everything just went to hell. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there is a an, in, an indeterminate gap between 
an event that changed the Awoken, or changed the those colonists into the Awoken, and the events of Destiny. You know, it's it may have been centuries, it may have been millennia. Nobody knows. Uh, so technically speaking, yes, he is an alien. Uh, as far as I know, he is not one of the original colonists, but yeah. somebody who came back to Earth after the event and maybe I think, a generation or two. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, if we want to get technical about it, really an alien is anyone who's living on a planet they were they aren't from. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, I would say so, that. Yeah. And, okay. and, you know, the fact that he's voiced by Lance Reddick, who does just an absolutely fabulous job with an occasionally one-note character, you know, it's definitely a a plus to be considered all right nice um okay uh and then i guess i'll I'll do mine so i did i'm gonna just put a visual aid in the discord for you because i feel like some people may not be able to to call this particular character to mind right away um but if you remember um the song blue davidi (laughs) davidi (laughs) (laughs) the the, uh music video yeah eiffel 65 yes thank you the french Um... techno group um, this, this blue alien is sort of the star of the video. He comes to Earth, uh, in a spaceship. Uh, I think there's actually a, um, I actually have a picture of, of his space travel. He comes with a friend. Um, he arrives and helps the band sort of make this good song. And, uh, they sort of rock out here, uh, on, on the stage. And I think this is, uh, the year 2001. So, yeah, if, uh, I, I don't know that I need to say a lot more about this one <laughs> no i mean is there a behind is there a behind the scenes where they you know they show the alien you know dropping x and saying give me a beat um there there is something like that because they do they do sort of multiply and here's another image of that god you came prepared Christ. yeah um, also, what, what the hell were you doing this week that made you think of this music video <laughs> When do you not think of this music? Well, yeah, I don't know what to say. I, I, like that's the last thing I think about when I go to sleep. I think actually, I um, I I, I was like on my Spotify shuffle. There's like a, a cover of this a song, like a metal cover of this song that came on, and I was like, oh, the blue guys. <laughs> Those little blue guys. Yeah. Um. All right. So like, I, I'm just gonna write blue daba d alien. <laughs> we'll know what you mean. Yeah. Um, okay, so like I said, Ree, you do actually get a birthday bonus. You're gonna get one vote built into your your, your thing right there. Oh, um, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we that's, love that, democracy. And that's my that's my zero dollar birthday present to you. <laughs> God, imagine if, like actual elections were like that. Like, oh, it's on your birthday, so you get like an extra million votes. There you um, go. Has anyone? Sorry, has anyone here watched Community? I have. Okay, do you remember the um the Meow Meow Beans episode like where everyone has to like, you know, like rate each other on the app and like they become like different like classes like the fives and the fours and the threes oh, yeah. and everything. <laughs> There's like one of one of the guys, Jonathan Banks, uh his character is like he just he's like I've got a strategy. I'm going to tell everybody it's my birthday. No one's going to downvote a guy on his birthday. <laughs> And then, like, you see, like, three weeks later, there's a time skip, and he's, like, in the lounge with the fives, like, you know, on the, at the top of the tower, <laughs> in the new society, and he's, like, um, he's, like, sitting there, and he's, like, I don't know, all I know is it's my birthday. <laughs> Just, like, 
<laughs> like three weeks later. I just I always think that if that social credit thing like from Black Mirror becomes real, like that's gonna be my move is to just like keep insisting that it's my birthday and like hope people rate me well. <laughs> uh, okay, that was a bit of a tangent. Sorry. Uh, where are your votes gonna go though, Rick? Okay. Um. I'll, I don't even. It goes without saying that the blue dabbadi aliens are getting one. I, I love it. Yeah. Um. Other one's gonna go to Stitch because you remind me of Lulu and Stitch, and that makes me happy. I know. I I just like remembering that Lilo and Stitch exists. I hate that. It, it's like okay. I get those are called the the second Disney Dark Ages, but like because the the movies didn't make that much money, but like they were still good. Like Emperor's New Groove yeah. was a good movie. You know, like. Yeah, it's uh, thing. I remember watching that. That's a, that is a good one. Yeah, poison <laughs> for Cusco. Cusco's poison. Poison that uh, Cusco will take. <laughs> um. All right, Axel. Uh. Or sorry, I think Kyle. Did I skip you? Yeah. Go. Ahead, go for oh, it. Oh. Um. Okay. Honestly, I'm gonna give one to Stitch because he's just so cute. Ugh. <laughs> oh, Hannah Mons family. Family, uh, no one gets left behind. I did it. Perfect. Yeah, we, we don't even, need, Ship we even need Tim here anymore for his this, impressions. This, this, yeah, this, 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 uh, this video is gonna get copyright struck by Disney for that. <laughs> uh, what was your other vote? Uh, my other vote. Uh, you know, I I was convinced. I'm I'm gonna go with Commanders of All. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. Good to get <clears throat> that out there. Um, all right. Uh, Axel, where are your vote's gonna go? Uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna put one in for Zavala, and uh, I'm gonna give one for Seymour. Uh, wow. Okay. Hey. Okay. <laughs> it it just it seems like okay. Why not? <laughs> yeah, make him an alien. Um, he is, um, I, yeah, barely a blue alien, but you know, it it can be, it can work. Okay, well, his blue I'm hair. Gonna, so I'm gonna give yeah. one to the blue Davidi alien because that was the deepest cut I think I've ever made, and then, <laughs> uh, but I'm definitely gonna give one to Stitch, making him the winner. Um, well, oh, what does he say? What's what's this like catchphrase? Like, let let's go. <laughs> let, 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 no, let, I'm just gonna let you handle the, yeah. the impressions. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember the film very well. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, get out of here. Welcome Stitch to the moon. I mean, which is easy for him. He can breathe out there. I think already. So he's actually not gonna have any problems up here on the on the moon at the the Hall we of Fame luster. We didn't commit murder like last time. Oh no, we we, we sort of commit, found a loophole. We we, no. Yeah. Nature killed him. It. Yeah, you know, we did something, but then nature ran its course. And who can blame us for the march of time, really? Yeah. <laughs> the the courts, though, the courts will do that, and we need to lawyer up immediately. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, we um we did a call to action for anyone um who's experienced in moon law. Um, we have so far um not filled that vacancy, so yeah. Yeah, the well. moon law position is still open. Um, Kyle, you're not you're not good at moon law, are you by chance? Uh, no, I haven't gone to law school yet. Yet? I'm just gonna go major in moon law. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, fill that vacancy someday. 
Uh, the 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 worst part of this is I keep feeling like I'm gonna have to turn back to Elon for advice on this, and I just don't want to do that. <laughs> like, who else would have a moon lawyer on retainer than him? <laughs> Jeff Bezos. True. <laughs> That's true. We'll have no. to we'll have to shell out to another billionaire. I mean, he's now the second richest, so he he needs the work. Bless him. Yeah, I'm God. I'm, I feel so sad. I saw how he just gave up and retired. He said, know, "I'm the know. second. I'm the second richest guy now. Can't do it." Might as well this is up. the end. Let's let's help um, a guy while he's down. Let's give him a job. I don't know if anyone saw, but he is like even though he's stepping down as the CEO, he's becoming the uh, chairman of the board of directors. Uh, I think he's still retain. I think he was already there. He's he's just retaining. Oh, he's just retaining that seat. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's jump into Bustums. Okay, so this week we are going to be talking about Mass Effect. So we are going to be mostly concentrating on the first game and just sort of the development of it. But uh, once we get to like the story and characters and stuff later, feel free to talk about the later ones and stuff. So um, yeah, we'll we'll jump into it. So uh, actually, did it, did anyone oh, stop for a second? Did anyone like read through this outline? Yeah. Yep. Damn yep. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind. Um, I can't believe you guys did the reading. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so Mass Effect, uh, this actually is a really nice follow-up, by the way, to our episode from last week, which was about uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, because... I was about to say, yeah, yeah. we actually, you know, we have to do it for every game. Now, every game that was inspired by Mass Effect, we now have to find one and do it on that. Yeah. Well, it's not even just inspired by the director of uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, Casey Hudson, was also the director of this game, um... So uh, just following that up, in a, they released that in 2003, and then uh, Hudson and his team at BioWare uh, began work right after they finished the PC port of KOTOR, and that went out in 2004. So they decided to make this game an Xbox 360 exclusive in 2004, um, which was sort of ambitious, I guess, considering I don't think they had announced the 360 at that time. Um, but... Um, yeah, they, they were kind of, uh, they, they were pretty much of the mindset of, like, okay, like, the technology is going to be so advanced for this game that, like, whatever the next Xbox is, like, it's got to go there, you know? So, um, they began work, and the team was 130 people. They were in pre-production for about eight months, uh, fresh off of making uh, Star Wars. So, they were, like, they had a lot of that, you know, they had a lot of blue aliens on the brain. Um, oh, I just remembered another good blue alien, the fucking Cantina ones. They're like, ba 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 da ba yeah. Are they blue? No, they're not. Those are not blue. No. no. They're not blue? Ooh. Not Size Noodles. Fake Star yes. Wars fans. He, or no, Max Rebo. Huh? Yes, he's blue, but uh but the uh, What about camp- Watto? The the guy with the weird nose yeah. who flies? Yeah, no, is he yeah. Blue? No, he's, he's blue. He's blues. Yeah, he's, is he? Yeah, but he's kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a very Why good I alien. Him? Fuck. No, I love Watto. He he makes me laugh. There's a Watto in Kotor too. We didn't <laughs> mention that. There was a Member of Watto species in Kotor 2 and had the exact same Did voice. Did you just call so him wanna... A Watto? A Watto, yes. A singular <laughs> Watto. I don't know what the species is called. Oh, you're a terrible Star Wars nerd. Kyle, why don't you go ahead and fill us in on that? Uh, yeah, they're Toydarians. <laughs> I would never have guessed that. George Lucas, what are you smoking? Um, it's like how actually you know while we're just quickly on a tangent about George Lucas being on crack or something, um, uh-huh. you know that that music you just referenced, Nirav. Uh huh. That's called jizz music. 
Yeah, I actually found that out yesterday, weirdly <laughs> enough. Completely separately from this. And I, lo I lost my mind. You can look it up. It's real. It is. And, um, and George Lucas has no awareness. No, no. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, this... Th what are we talking? Mass Effect? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um... So yeah, it it, uh, it used Unreal Engine three uh, for the base work, but um, they actually did a lot of their own stuff on this. So even though Unreal Engine three was sort of the the basis of this, they didn't use the assets or scripts provided in the engine too much. They ended up building all their own assets. Um, so yeah, m there was they said actually way more time was spent on the programming and engine work than on the actual game Mass Effect. Um, Probably about two thirds of development time was was spent on just getting this engine like working, and then they were like, "All right, throw those aliens into it. Go, go, go." <laughs> oh um, shit! Yeah, gotta make yeah. a game. So the but like the technology at the time that they did present in Mass Effect was like pretty revolutionary. It was a it was a pretty like high budget affair, you know, for that for that time period. Um, yeah, and I yeah. think it completely shows as well. I mean, like I know we sort of laugh at Bioware animations now, but back then. I mean that's that was amazing. The detail in conversations. It really shows that they spent so much time working on that. Yeah, yeah. So the uh so this is interesting to me. The story of Mass Effect was actually created when they did their outline as a trilogy. They created one whole story and then they split off the first third of it and found an ending. Uh much like how Tolkien did Lord of the Rings. Um like the it was almost retroactively made into a trilogy after they kind of created the the whole story so this was actually apparently the subject of much internal debate at bioware they they were there was like a a squad that was like oh every like rpg is about like creating your own character and the other uh half was like we can't tell a compelling story in the way we want to in the cinematic way without an established protagonist and obviously the established protagonist people won out um to my knowledge, this is one of the first times this was done in like a, one of these big RPGs, having you like actually play a, a known character. So yeah, I don't know. What are, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Like, would would how would in your brain quickly like I mean, how would Mass Effect be if Commander Shepard was somebody that like you had to make and mold and like to your to your liking, like another RPG? So off the top of my head, I'm like immediately trying to compare it to Dragon Age Origins, which was released a little bit later um, mm -hmm. and doesn't have an established protagonist. And those games definitely have very different vibes. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God, it's it's hard to imagine because you just have to restructure, I think, a lot of the story. Because with um, Dragon Age, because you're not an established character, you spend so much of your time establishing that character through like really complex dialogue and everything. But with um, Mass Effect, they're able to speed things up a little bit. Um, and there's like a degree of it. God, it's hard. I've, I think the first one had more freedom over what your shepherd was like than the definitely the third one um i'm usually a fan of not having established protagonists but I, f I think maybe with this story this particular story they want to tell maybe it did work better mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i i agree because I, I don't i can't imagine <laughs> uh I, I i mean i can't even really imagine like the differences that it would be if he wasn't an established character already but uh I, I don't know they they did a good job at making me care about Commander Shepard so I had I don't really have any complaints about having it him already be established. Uh I think I think for certain values of established then yeah, you know, he he works and uh you know, you, the choices that you get when you first create Shepard 
I mean, they seem a little inconsequential at first. I mean, you pick his background, you pick his or her background, you pick where they were born, how they grew up, some notable event that happens in their lives right before they get into the N7 program. And it's not, you know, it's semi, it is semi-established. You know, Shepard is semi-established. You know, he, he exists, but there are still enough potential variations that mm-hmm. you do get a sense of, okay, yeah, I can play around with this. It, it does kind of prep you mentally to get into actual role-playing a little bit. It's like, okay, what would my character do in this situation? Yeah. Um, yeah, and... I think... Sorry, yeah. No, as so yeah, I think everyone does have their own unique shepherd. Um, I can't think of many games that sort of try and do both approaches and then do it really well. Um, I can't, yeah, I can't really fault how Mass Effect did it. Um, I think they tried to do the same with um, Dragon Age Inquisition with the Inquisitor. They were a little bit more established-ish. Um, definitely in Dragon Age 2, you played as Hawk and you can see they were trying to make it work there. But honestly, I think it comes down to, you know, you've got to stick to one and then stick with it and i think that's what other rpgs have sort of need to learn from mass effect yeah i think i think i mean like the witcher 3 is like the best example of having like an established protagonist that you don't influence like what kind of character they are you know like yeah like Ger- Geralt is always the same guy and it doesn't really like matter what choices you make like you can you can choose to do x or y or z sometimes but like really at the end of the day like he he's the same guy um but yeah, I, I agree. I think that it's interesting that they were able to walk that line pretty well in this. Um, yeah. All right. So um, yeah, the um, let me see what I was looking at here. Yeah. So um, like I said, they they wanted to make the established protagonist to they said to create a level of intensity and cinematic power. That was the quote. Do you feel like they achieved cinematic power? In a cheesy sense, yeah, I kind of do. Um, yeah, I mean, when I think of Mass Effect, I think of those, you know, like, the scenes towards the end of the game where you're, like, jumping onto a hovercraft to narrowly escape death and shit like that. Um, and sort of, like, this attachment you have to Shepard. Um, yeah, I'd say they pulled it off. They were going for, like, a sort of space opera vibe, I think, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, f- I think they- I think it worked. Right, yeah, I mean, you can see the Star Wars influence all, all through mm. this thing. Even even influence from the prequels, too, like, included, you know? Um, lot, lots of, lots of talk of intergalactic trade routes. Um, <laughs> but good. It's, yeah, it's good now. Um, <laughs> and alien bar scenes. Can't forget those yeah. alien bar scenes. Oh, that's scenes. true. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah, so, um, choices and consequences were high priority. The developers didn't want the players to follow a predetermined path. So due to the numerous dialogue options, they created this dialogue wheel, which is now pretty famous, um, and memeable. Uh, to, uh, you know, help the players identify which responses belong to, like, which emotions, almost, you know? They're like, this is the sad response, but, like, this is the angry response, you know, etc. Um, but yeah, they, they did use digital actors for this, um, so they did, it it wasn't really, uh, motion capture as much, but they did, like, use the, the reference of, of, you know, capturing people's faces and digitizing those, uh, to capture the, the movements, so... That was kind of like they, they really wanted the facial expressions and body movement to like speak for the character too in the way that like a real person would. And I think Ryu said earlier that they did a really good job with that for the time. Like it was kind of like really impressive. 
Yeah, I mean, my memories of Mass Effect 1 are almost... Because the combat hasn't aged perfectly. Um, so the thing that I love most about Mass Effect 1 is just the long-ass conversations that you could get into with the um, crewmates. Um, with Mass Effect 2 and 3, they move towards, like, you have to hit certain triggers before they really have anything to say with, to you. But in Mass Effect oh, okay. 1, there was a, a lot that you could say without hitting those triggers. Um, like, you'd still get, like, unique conversations after each, um, uh, mission. But it, you, you got, I feel like you got to spend a lot more time. It was less cutscene-like. It was more just sort of, yeah, chatting with them, um, as you would in, like, other RPGs. And yeah, I, I I played it for the first time in twenty fifteen, I think, and I did not think that you know the animations, the facial animation, did age poorly at all. I think that's one of the aspects of the game that has aged so so well. Um, it's not amazing, obviously, but there's enough little nuances there, and it's such a leap from Kotor. It's insane. It's like I don't know. How, it's 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 crazy how they identified that really good thing from Kotor, which was chatting with crewmates and managed to just evolve it so much for the xbox 360 it's crazy yeah um so one thing i do want to talk about which i found very interesting is that i and i actually learned this in my physics in my uh i in, in grad school in my nuclear physics class i we actually talked about this and that was where i sort of was like whoa um so there is a real physics principle called the mass defect um i don't know how, how much nuclear physics does everyone know <laughs> Yeah. enough to hum the tune okay um, little to none over here yeah. so um nuclear binding energy is basically when you when you fire um when you fire one uh nucleus at another you know it, for the purpose of uh of fission um the the nucleus of that atom has to be like disassembled basically in order to break it into its component parts like they, they they're require there requires an input of energy when um during nuclear binding to make the the nuclei bind to each other and so you have to th there is an amount of energy um that goes into this process basically right um now when you get the resulting um nuclear the resulting atom or, or molecule or whatever when the two the two nuclei bind to each other there is a smaller mass there than there was uh, from the sum of the parts. So think of it like this. Nucleus 1 is fired at Nucleus 2 with E energy. And uh, the resulting atom is the weight of Nucleus 1 plus Nucleus 2, but the energy's gone. So the energy, uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows E equals MC squared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, all that's talking about is that E as an energy is the mass times the speed of light squared. So this is the conversion rate between mass and energy. That's what the equation is for. Um, even following this equation, this mass still disappears and we don't know where it went. And that, that's still like a mystery of physics. So like when you, when you perform nuclear binding, there is a small amount of energy because everyone knows about the, the first law of physics, right? That like energy can't be created or destroyed. Uh, so mm -hmm. no thermodynamics. Hmm? Thermodynamics. Thank you so yeah. much. I am actually. Yes. I'm actually sorry. You're right. Um, I was thinking of. Yeah. Oh, what was it? Object in motion stays in motion. Is that first rule for physics? That, yeah, that's that's Newton's first law. Newton's first law. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was mixing up with. And Thank you. There's also the law of conservation of matter in chemistry that matter cannot be destroyed, just changed. Yeah, and like all those things, and really, it's just a derivative because, like, if mass and uh, if mass can be converted into energy and vice versa, then if you can't create mass, you can't create energy. So 
the anyway the long story short this missing mass that that goes that that disappears during the nuclear binding process is called the mass defect so in the world of mass effect uh the the difference in technology is that scientists were able to find and harness the energy that's gone missing during the mass mass defect process and that becomes mass effect and so that's what has uh, led to the advancement of technology in that world and the rapid expansion of space technology. God damn it, like IRL scientists. It's not that hard. They outlined yeah, it in on. the intro. Come on. <laughs> I always okay, every time now. every time I watch uh like Full Metal Alchemist at the beginning, they're like, This is equivalent to exchange. And I'm like, yeah, why aren't scientists watching this? It's so easy. <laughs> Like, Elon Musk, I know you've played Mass Effect. Come on, there's no way that you haven't. D- talk to your he, he science played, he people. Played it in his, he played it in, the, in his fucking car, too, on top of it. Come on, I know that he wants them blue aliens. There's no way he would not leave Grimes for a blue alien. So, come on. Make it Especially work. the one from the blue people avatar? Come on. <laughs> come on. Also, I don't know if anyone remembers, but those aliens are also canonically like eleven feet tall. So, bold of you to assume we remember anything about that film. Yeah, the only reason I remember it is because of the YouTuber Jenny Nicholson, who is <laughs> very, very good. Everyone, please go watch her deep dive video of the Avatar Park in Disney World. <laughs> it is fantastic. Um, okay, so yeah. Anyway, I, I I remember being in my physics class and like learning about the mass defect, and I was like, oh, oh, oh but mass effect, oh, you know. <laughs> um, um, so yeah. Anyway, I thought that was neat. So uh, the combat originally in this game was identical to Kotor. Um, it was a mix of turn-based and real-time stuff, but like you know, with different guns, right? Um, they ended up redoing this, like, over and over again, and the combat ended up being, like, sort of... They described it as, like, real-time combat with a turn-based interface. I don't know. Wh- how would you guys describe the combat in this first game? Clunky. clunky. <laughs> yeah, it, so- it does sound like it. Um, it it kind of it, it does take away from, from it whenever you have to, like, pause the battle to pick, like, a different power-up to do or something like that, so it... It didn't work completely for me, but I, at the same time, I do see what they were going for. Yeah, I, I it's interesting because um, Bioware's uh, little uh, rival at the time, Bethesda, would actually, with Fallout 3, sort of try the same thing. And I don't know, like, from what I've... I, I, okay, I'll, actually, I'll go ahead and outline. Like, I haven't really played Mass Effect too much. I did play about two or three hours of the first game on my... PC a few years ago, I had to use a lot of mods to get it to run, um, <laughs> and uh, I, I I played for like maybe two or three hours, and I, it was right when I got to the fucking Land Rover, and I was like, I'm not doing this, and I turned it <laughs> no, off. That is the point where I think a lot of people that haven't played it before just give up. I mean, I persevered because I got the whole trilogy on PS3, so I was like, okay, I've got two other games here I need to play as well. This is powerful yeah. for it. And I, I like the conversation system enough to sort of power yeah. through it. Um, so was, to me, it was like a visual novel <laughs> with like annoying sure. intervals of combat. I was like really, I was actually very interested in the characters. I thought the writing was really good and everything. So I, I'm, I'm excited to do the Legendary Edition because I heard they like overhauled the, the Land Rover and stuff and, and uh, the combat as well. So 
Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, driving the Mako was was either really you know really good or an exercise in frustration. Uh, there were there were certain planetary maps that you know you touch down, you have to go from point A to point B, and it was you know all, you know it was just butter smooth. There were other situation other planets you'd touch down and you get into combat with like a thresher maw and it's like god this is tedious as hell because you're now kyle (laughs) sorry you you i remember now kyle you you claimed earlier this week that the planet scanning is the best part of mass effect i wouldn't say the best part of it but i actually enjoyed it now I was I was talking about whenever you're scanning the planets from the galaxy map though, not the ones where you have to just drive yeah. around on the planet, just picking up random resources. I, I liked I liked the scanning from the air. <laughs> yeah. Um. Actually, have so having not really played too much of this, and I guess Reeve, you've or all all of you may have played both. Like, how do you feel like um Bioware's approach with Mass Effect One versus Bethesda's approach with Fallout Three to like fusing real time and turn based combat like that? Like, which one do you think worked out better? Oh, um, I definitely prefer Fallout Three's. Um, I'm not saying it's great. <laughs> um, sure. I would if I had to choose between playing a whole game with one system. Um, I I would choose um, Fallout Three's. Uh, I go ahead. Uh, I would actually go the other way. I would I would say Mass Effect. Uh, if only because with Mass Effect you're not you're you know you're pausing not to shoot but to do something different. You know to do to perform a special action that is a tech action that is a biotics action something that is not just basic shooting and when you get down to it uh the vat system in fallout 3 is just a slightly refined you know almost almost a dare if you will for your rng it's like okay you've got x percent chance to hit this limb or you can just spam the trigger but there's nothing unique about it. There's not any, oh yeah, you know, do a disarm or, you know, blow up, you know, <laughs> you know, do a flesh wound. It's, you know, take your shot and hope you hit. Yeah, yeah there's there's a lot more variety in the mass of, in Mass Effects, uh, in Mass Effects one. It's a uh, okay. What you're describing to me actually makes me think a little bit of a Final Fantasy VII remakes, like a <laughs> um, combat system, with the uh, like it's it's like a real time like fighting thing, but then like you have to constantly be like pa- like going and like opening menus as an overlay over like the live combat and like surfing through them and like choosing actions to load up and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did that pretty well in Seven Remake. Um, oh my god, I haven't have I said on this podcast before um something that shocks everyone about my my first playthrough of mass effect one and that is that i didn't use a single ability because i didn't know they existed (laughs) so i i purely played it as a shooter um i was like a brute force yeah i was like 15 or 16 i was not very 
um, I don't want to say not very smart. I wasn't very good at games back then. Um, I basically spent my entire childhood just playing like Wii games and um, X, um, GameCube games. Um, and then suddenly I had this like Saturday job and I bought a PS3 with my wages and I finally had like all these games that everyone had been going out to play, but I just had no common sense with them whatsoever. So I I got to the final boss and then like I must have pressed one of the triggers or something. I was like, what the fuck's this menu? I've never seen it before. And it was just all these abilities. I was like, damn, okay, that's handy. And then I did the final boss really easily. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I accidentally wow. made it way harder for myself. I can remember like getting stuck on these bits again and again and again. And in hindsight, it was just because I was probably meant to be using abilities. This uh, this to me reads like, uh, oh, I've just finished a, a Pokemon game and I just found out about the type chart. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, that's incredible. All right, we got we got to keep rolling here. Um, so the developers wanted to feature like an actual galaxy that could be explored beyond the core locations. So uh, a large team manually built several parts of the galaxy, and they were able to expand that playable space significantly by uh, by using all these tools they developed in their programming stages. So um, their their major inspirations were the games Starflight and Star Control, um, and these encouraged the team to create the M thirty five Mako, everyone's favorite. For exploring the game's uncharted worlds and develop game mechanics to survey planets from space. Um, so we think we talked about the Mako a good bit. Love him. Love his work. Uh, Drew Karpishan, who was the lead writer on KOTOR, actually resumed his role for this game. So, um, back again. One of the biggest challenges he faced was the, um, the volume that he was required to write to support the multiple dialogue paths and story outcomes. So, it took them three years to get, uh, get everything into this game, uh, it took them three years to write this game, basically, on top of all the other stuff, right? It's it's pretty huge, but it featured 400,000 words and more than 20,000 lines of spoken dialogue. So that is roughly equivalent to about 20 movies or five novels. Bloody hell. Um, so for reference, Fallout 4 has 111,000 lines of dialogue. Uh, Mass Effect 1 features nearly four times that much. <laughs> oh, Todd Howard must have been crying. Before <laughs> Fallout 4 took so long, he just had to cram more dialogue in so he could. Well, he probably didn't even beat that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but it's interesting though, like that. Uh, w- from what I understand, Mass Effect 2 and 3 also had significantly less dialogue lines. Um, they just went. They just, like, I don't think they. I don't think they reigned in the scope of Mass Effect 1 while they were doing it. They were like, more! You know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, you know, they were they were doing more of a write smarter, not harder, harder thing later on. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll yeah. we'll go with that theory. <laughs> well, as far as far as uh, condensing the dialogue, sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've, I've, I mean, the... oh, sorry. No, I know. I've I've not heard amazing things about Mass Effect Three. Is all I was gonna say. <laughs> but I think it's not so. I mean, one thing that I love about Mass Effect One is that they had neutral dialogue options if you didn't want to do a Paragon or Renegade one, and. Even I think I'm right in saying that was gone by Mass Effect 2. It was definitely gone by Mass Effect 3. Um, and that's sort of when they sort of... Because then you you really just had to fit yourself into like one of these categories. Like, you are a Paragon or a Renegade, but yet there, wasn't, there was less nuance. Um, so while it, I'm sure the writers probably appreciated um, not having cramped hands all the time, it was nice to have a lot more nuance in uh, the first game's dialogue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some of their main inspirations they said were Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, uh, Blade Runner, 
Starship Troopers, and they said their main inspiration was Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't really know what to do with that. If I don't know right. if one of you could sort of expound on that. I've seen that movie one time, like, over a decade ago, so I, <laughs> I could not help on this at all. <laughs> I, I've yeah. seen it a couple of times, and aside from, you know, the... You know the theme of a, a of a crooked government and you know research scientists trying to save the world slash universe and it, yeah I'm not seeing where they're getting yeah that. I don't know they 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 said like this was our main inspiration for Mass Effect so I was like <laughs> are you sure it's not inspir- are you sure it's not Star Wars no no it's Final Fantasy the Spirits <laughs> Within <laughs> I can definitely see uh, like the like the Blade Runner influence. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the movie I'm most familiar with out of this list, at least. Okay. Um, yeah. So the music was composed by Jack Wall, who had previously done Bioware's masterpiece, Jade Empire. I don't. Has anyone played Jade Empire? By the way, I played it's a, a really bit of Jade game. Empire. It's a. It's I played a the fun demo. Game. Yeah. It's a nice game. It. Yeah. That. That one is the. That is the one Bioware game that I would absolutely kill to see a good sequel for. And yeah, or or even like a good like remake with like that I could play on a modern hardware. <laughs> it's just weird how they've sort of left it behind. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, nice, it's a weird like I don't know why they left that IP behind. Uh, because, mainly it's, because it's got because two K games is holding on to it. That uh, ah, really? Yeah, that that was that. that was like one of the few titles that Bioware put out that they did not go through EA with. And this was before EA bought them up. It had bought them, yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. All right, so um, this game, Mass Effect, was announced at the X05 show in 2005 as a Xbox 360 exclusive, coming only here, don't look for it anywhere else. Uh, so it ended up releasing in 2007 in North America. This was funny. EB Games in Australia broke the street date and, and released this game four days early because they got too excited about it. <laughs> Your Honor, Your Honor, we were too hyped. <laughs> um, yeah, so the uh, the PC version came out in 2008 with some interface upgrades, and um, there was an interesting thing here. There was like a long battle with the fans because originally they announced the PC version was going to use an always online DRM. <laughs> but why? Uh, well, because to stop the cheater, the cheating in the game. In the single player game. In the single player game. But they li- did listen to fans and removed it before launching. Um, so, And in 2012, finally, it was ported to PS3 with another few set of improvements. Um, so there there wasn't any deal with Xbox. I-, I did look into this. There was no exclusivity deal with Xbox for Mass Effect. They just didn't like the PlayStation. Which is valid. No one really liked the PS3 back then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was I actually think one of my main aware. influences in getting a 360 over Ooh. ps3 okay there we go um but yeah like the yeah one, one thing i've i think we've seen constantly from developers was that due to the weird architecture like the ps3 was very hard to develop for um which is the same problem the wii u suffered from too um yeah there's always one i think <laughs> every generation um not anymore i guess because everything is just a computer put into a different shaped box now so whatever <laughs> but um yeah so uh i guess we're at the story here so i'm rather than like recounting the whole story or whatever which wouldn't be of any use to anyone i I was curious about what you guys think the the themes and the morals of the story are like what is it about in a grand sense 
It's about the blue I'll, girl. I'm going to admit this is my this is always my worst part about book reports was finding the greater <laughs> meaning. So yeah, just oh, ignore hey, anything brought... that comes out of my mouth for this answer. I mean, because because it's <laughs> is, like, sorry, it's... is Ashoka from Star Wars? Is she also blue? No, she, no. She's Am I thinking of the wrong one? You're think. Are you thinking of the one in in Kotor one? Maybe the one with the tentacle hair. Yeah, mission. The, the two, yeah. the two big tentacles. Mission. Video. Oh, that's yeah. I don't know the Star Wars. Um. <laughs> but, like, if I had to say the theme, I think it's just a lot, because, I mean, I think for their own admission, they said it was meant to be a pastiche of um, sci-fi. And by that, mm-hmm. they it's that's a charitable word for it, because they do nick a bunch of stuff from all sorts of um, sci-fi that exist. Um, like, Battlestar Galactica, has anyone watched that? I, I enjoyed that. Um, they nick a whole lot. That's, they basically just take that and use that as a whole... Uh, Quarian versus Geth war, and that sort of it's that's got its own morals um, about creating sentient, like yeah, don't create sentient life and then force it into servitude. Then you've got the whole story between um, Shepard and the Council, which is sort of a warning against this like uh, bureaucracy, which um, is more concerned with image than actually getting stuff done. Um, and then you've got all the characters that have their own little side plots, like um, I mean, in this game. It's a lot more grounded. Like your two companions are the most to say are Ashley and Caden, who are both humans. Um, Caden's got his own thing about um, how his like biotics training when he was a kid was really unethical and very very like militaristic, and he accidentally killed someone. Ashley is a space racist, I guess. Um, and a it's spacist. Sort of about- she's a spacist and um it's about her sort of struggling to adapt to change or like uh dealing with like prejudice because she feels like uh, because her family was sort of blacklisted in the military if i remember correctly so mass effect has a fuck ton of things basically is what i'm getting at um and that's i think is the benefit through doing a sci-fi as a video game if you're doing it as a film like blade runner you have to sort of stick with one cohesive theme um but with Mass Effect, they could have a different theme with every character, and I think it came together really nice. Yeah. Um, as far as larger themes, I would say that there is, you know, it's certainly there is certainly an overview of the cyclical nature of history and the universe. You know that no, there is nothing new under the sun or suns. Uh, this has all happened before; it will happen again. The rhythm is the same, it's the fine details that change. But I also think there's a sense of how cycles can be broken. Or how you can, you know, just because you have done this before doesn't mean you have to do it this way this time. So I, and it never goes into any great detail about where the reapers come from where they you know who built them how they came into being you know who programmed them you know it it may you know they may be relics left over from a war similar to fred saberhagen's berserker or it may be they just popped out of some alternate universe and came into ours and said oh organic life well let's clean this up right now Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. 
yeah, like I, I, I think that there's a lot of different stuff that you can get out of this, basically. And I mean, of course, that's maybe that's the the point that they were going for. Like, I mean, this is a story that you're supposed to kind of piece together as you go um, by making these decisions. And like, perhaps there's something different to take away from each of those ways you might play it. So that let's let's call it a pastiche. <laughs> um, which is a polite way of them saying we like a whole bunch of sci-fi together, yeah. things and we took bits from all of them right uh here i have a note here that says do a joke about the elevators does anyone want to take that uh yeah El- the elevators are thinly disguised loading screens and it's a very yeah. very thin disguise and it's a thin disguise that has grown into the you know the, the industry industry basically said oh hey yeah this is a good thing so you see it in destiny and destiny 2 uh when you're traveling between planets you see it in the in the more recent deus ex games where you're traveling on the train or walking along the train tracks and it's like oh yeah you're loading yeah it's showing you walking it's showing activity and it's making you think oh yeah i'm still in the world and it's like no no you're, no you're, you're, you're oh no no brings a good uh, a good new meaning to elevator music too Oh yeah. Like some of the little elevator songs still pop into my head today. <laughs> from uh from uh, just a good piece of good news is in the uh, the remaster uh, a trilogy that's coming out, they said that the average load time for the elevators has been reduced from 54 seconds to 14 seconds. Holy shit, 54 seconds. That's how they long just we were was the average out. load time for the elevator, yeah. See, I knew it was long, but I think I just brain wiped exactly how long yeah. <laughs> it was. I, I definitely think that you know the 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 news bits that played kind of helped a little bit you know when you when you were always hearing about the the Hanar only presentation of Hamlet and, and whatnot <laughs> so many times <laughs> yeah but yeah past a certain point the you know the messages and the music and even the little side conversations that occasionally happen during the uh, the elevator rides, it got dull. It's like, okay, we get yeah. it. That's fair. Now, on the other hand, uh, somebody tell me some good notes about the the romances and the good the good romance in this. Because everyone, I mean, like being somebody who's not particularly into this series, like I mean, like I feel like I hear about like romancing these different characters constantly. Like that seems to be a very focal point of this game. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's the it is everyone's favorite point in the game. I think if I mean it's I will I will be completely honest. I got into the game because I found out about the romances, and I hadn't played a game of romances before, so I thought that's a neat feature. Um, just so happened it came bundled with a really nice sci-fi game as well, so that was lucky. Um, I it have makes a very, you care so much more. Yeah, I had like a very controversial romance opinion in the Mass Effect community, which um, is that. I romanced Caden and I stayed with him throughout the entire trilogy for some reason. Um, don't ask yeah. me why. I'm not sure why I did either. Um, I, I still in, enjoy his romance. I did it again. And I, there's something about it in Mass Effect 1 that I just really like. It's you spend ages because he's sort of meant to be this um, slightly more um, like senior soldier than you. Um, he's seen more shit. He's... Um, you know, thought about it all. He ruminates on everything, so um, he's quite calm. And it's just nice at the end of a mission to, like, sort of 
philosophically discuss stuff. Um, that makes him sound boring as shit, and he kind of is. <laughs> so I don't blame anyone oh. who... <laughs> I don't make... But I, I like the boring. Mm. Um, I enjoyed the boring very much. Uh, it was it was a nice change of pace from doing this big space battle to then just like chillfully talking about warm. him. Yeah. Um, and Garrus uh, is the more popular for I think female players, um, and I can see why he's certainly more exciting. But there there was just there's just something lovely about Caden. I don't know what it is, but I love him. Now, in the original Mass Effect, you didn't have a whole lot of options uh you you really mm. didn't uh you had caden if you were female you had ashley if you were male and you had liara if you know you weren't particular you know that liara was the was the only alien romanceable in the first game uh later games you could hook up with tally you could hook up with garris but that first time they made it very limited and mm. to some extent it makes sense but at the same time there's also a feeling of uh okay this why does this feel vaguely artificial you know, mm-hmm. i mean the the dialogue itself seemed you know flowed fairly naturally but the romance options themselves were like uh okay it, it wasn't you know wow i found the love of my life it, it was more you know netflix and chill <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's so true okay. <laughs> very cool so quickly i, I want to ask what were you guys like uh, again very quick thoughts on the on the sequels um Okay, Combat wise, very better. <laughs> very better. <laughs> very better. Yeah, that made sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, love Mass Effect two. Love Mass Effect three. Andromeda is bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, the 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 combat definitely got tightened up a little bit in Mass Effect two and Mass Effect three. Uh, the story, the actual storyline for Mass Effect two and three the storyline you know just overall yeah. was really was really good mm-hmm. but oh god the the endings oh yeah. boy the, that, that, yeah. that, that, that final I'm... ending on mass effect 3 it's like really you know yeah you, you're, i think so, i can't i can't I wait until this... mass effect 3 episode Right. I've I've heard this maligned many times. So what I so this is just my understanding is that like they made the game, the ending was something that was universally reviled, then they retroactively added a DLC that had it sort of an alternate ending that made people say, Okay, this is okay but still not great. They just extended some scenes as far as I know. You got to like actually say goodbye to your love interest. I know that was a change they made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they... so what you know what? No, actually, don't tell me. I'm going to find out on my own. Yeah. It, it, it's <laughs> Play it unpatched. Way. Go in there, Ev. <laughs> um, well, the main issue is that they said that there wasn't going to be just like an ABC ending. And then it was. And then we <laughs> ended up with an ABC ending. Exactly an ABC okay, ending. <laughs> it wasn't ABC. It was red, blue, green. So, well done, Bioware. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, technically, they didn't lie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, what do, what do you guys want to see in Mass Effect Five? Then do you are, are you wanting it to 
continue and improve on what was presented in Andromeda? You want a fresh reboot? Do you want to come back to the trilogy characters and story? What do you want? No. Uh, that... No? <laughs> Just do a little bit. Okay. I know as much as I loathed and despised the ending for Mass Effect 3, and it, it was objectively terrible, all things being equal, <laughs> that story has been told. All right, that story is done. Those characters have ridden off into the sunset. You know, let mm-hmm. them. You know, let them be on their own. Let them. Let them pass out of the universe. Let somebody else inherit the mess that is basically left over. <laughs> uh, the mess effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, I would like to see. A you know a good balance of political thriller, high stakes action, and you know spacefaring, you know space opera. I would like to see that uh, because they made it they made it really convincing. They did put a lot of work into their world building. I did like that a lot, and if they can keep that same quality, that would be cool. But for the love of God, two things: one not andromeda and two for all that is holy ditch frostbite ditch the, oh frostbite. God, yes. right. <laughs> D- stop ditch making the frostbite. rpgs in yes. frostbite please it is I beg. not it is not meant for it it's a really good shooter engine and that's it you know i don't care that ea has said you know we should really be using frostbite i don't care pony up the money get unreal engine 5 I mean, seriously, guys, it's going, you know, with Unreal Engine 5, Mass Effect 5 would be spectacular. It and, would. Oh, my God, it would be amazing. But, you know, stop being cheap bastards. Pony up the money. <laughs> you asking EA to stop being cheap bastards? <laughs> <laughs> they might yeah, have to sell, I... like, five companies to find the money for it. But they, yeah, they, they're I know. good at closing I... down studios, so. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, does anyone else kind of feel like Bioware is sort of, this is like our like i don't know i feel like there's been some internal discussions at ea like okay they fucked bioware's like you know these executives at ea that are completely like disillusioned to anything going on below them right like they're like okay but yeah bioware's put out two shitty games in a row they both flopped they made us no money and they they were critical failures if they like does anyone else feel like mass effect 5 is sort of their last shot at making a video game before they get closed down I think Dragon Age 4 is their last shot. Last shot. I, I was surprised that's even going ahead. I thought Anthem was their last shot. Um, yeah. But yeah. Now, now, they've, now they've put in so much promotional shit for um, Dragon Age 4, and of course they've got yeah. the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. If, I think Mass Effect Legendary Edition will sell amazingly either way. Yes, it's going to win the back a lot yeah. of points. Yeah, for sure. Um, if Dragon Age 4 is bad, then I think we can probably kiss goodbye bioware mass effect 5 might happen somewhere down the line maybe with a different studio yeah um, but bioware would not last if they have another massive andromeda right. slash anthem scale failure i just don't i just don't see why year would keep them around yeah uh i'm with i was honestly i've been expecting the you know the meme of uh 
of Bioware and you know being dumped into the mass grave of other studios <laughs> pretty much since they got acquired by EA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm honestly surprised I am honestly surprised that Anthem you know didn't lead to you know the, the click of a hammer being pulled back. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm thinking you know Mass Effect, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition I think is a band-aid. It's, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, it course, is a band-aid. It's, it, it's something to buy time and maybe hopefully buy back a little goodwill. Uh, we'll see. But, in you know, like Reese says, Dragon Age 4 is really going to be, I think, the make-or-break game. Yeah. If it if it works, cool. If it doesn't, uh, is, Papa, yeah. Bio, Papa EA, <laughs> what's that? Uh, Click. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why are we flying so high in the air? You didn't bring me a parachute. <laughs> Where you're going, son, you don't need parachutes. Yeah. Um, the God, do we? Do we? Um, I think I try to. I think I think. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm. I'm just trying to concoct the title in my head right now for this episode, and I'm right now. I'm. So, I'm circling around Papa EA Sandwich Rush. <laughs> Um, okay, so are there enough ghosts? Are there any ghosts in this? Not really, no. Uh, no, get some, get some more in there. Unless, right. unless you want to count the occasional holographic recording of you know murdered scientists, dead Protheans, and other aliens periodically, then yeah, I'm kind of vaguely, sort of in a very loose electronic sort of form. But actual ghost ghosts. Those are just ghosts from a philosophical sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. more of them. Sorry? Yeah, yeah. Get some more in there. Yeah, check off the morgue. Get some fucking force ghosts in there. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Who who fucking cares anymore? All right. (laughs) Let's, uh... Let's close out on, um, our... Let's go to our game for today. Uh, we're doing the sci-fi guys. Uh... So what I have here um, is uh, I have some very famous sci-fi franchises. Um, they are hopefully famous enough that you would know them, uh, to at least know of them. Um, but what I'm going to do, I have uh, assembled a list of five characters, just just a single name, like either a first or last name from that character, and I'm gonna and I have them assembled in a list of more obscure to less obscure. So this is sort of this is maybe our first competitive game, really. Um, basically how it's going to work is I'm going to say names slowly. If you think you know what this franchise is that contains these characters, you have to, you buzz in and you say what it is. If you're wrong, you're out. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how do, how exactly do we buzz in? Just, uh, just say, eh. it's me. I, I, buzz. <laughs> you have to make a buzz, buzz. noise. <laughs> buzz. Yeah. You have to say the word Buzz. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna score this one. We're gonna, I'm gonna track who wins each column here. All right. So, like I said, the first person is going to be the, uh, the most obscure, like this name probably isn't going to help you, but as a collective whole, you might think, oh, I know where all these characters are from. They're from this thing. Um, and just for a hint, these are all either movies or TV shows. Okay. Okay. Um, all sci-fi. All right. Dodgson. Nedry. Buzz. Jurassic Park. Oh, we got a buzz. Hey, all right. 
I was thinking uh, about buzzing wow. after the first one, but I, I needed to hear a second name before the, I said it. I, uh, <laughs> this, the, next, the next one was Wu, which I think would have probably gotten it for everyone. But, uh, yeah, wow, nice job on that. All right. Marvin. Skinhead. Strickland. Biff. And... Oh, I got another one. You got it? Uh, yes. Uh, Back to the Future. Yes. Come on. What are you guys uh, doing over there? God. Come on. Come on, guys. All right. Ted. Robin. Will. Erica. Nothing yet? No. Mike. Nobody. All right. Here's here's the one that's the thing. Eleven. Buzz. Oh, buzz. Stranger <laughs> Things. Okay. Uh, I oh. think Reese said buzz. I think Reese said the word buzz first. Oh, really? Hey. I, did you I heard. Call- I heard it after I said it. <laughs> so, oh, my bad. My bad. I'll let you call no, it out a- next time. I'm assuming that she would have said Stranger Things. Yeah. You just give that point to her. Guys. <laughs> Okay, I I try I, I forgot I didn't write re I wrote bu- the word buzz into the <laughs> winning column there. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um. Jones. Dozer. Eh. Mal. Oh, all right. The Matrix. The Matrix. I think Axel might have this one. <laughs> uh, this, this game, particularly down. Um. Grace. Ashley, Becca, Annie, Billy, think about this, I know at least one of you is very familiar with it. I feel like I might know it, but I need to wait. Wait for what? That's all the names. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, shit. Uh, I'll go again. Grace, Ashley. Becca, Annie, Billy. Uh, okay, I'm gonna buzz. All right. Do you the, have anything to say? The boys. <laughs> yeah, it is the boys. Okay. Yeah. Fuck, really? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking obvious most, now. Most reluctant buzz. I've that ever was really heard. stressful. Okay, I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Ever, I, I, okay, right now, by the way, the score is Re 1, Kyle 1, Axel 3. So I need you guys to fucking pick it up. <laughs> okay. Right. Look, okay, we're trying here. Parker. Ash. Kane. And alien. Uh, yeah, it is alien. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am like, the baby of Game Master. I'll, I'll concede. Maybe. Um... All right, let's try this one. Yasmin. Donna. River. Buzz? Okay. Doctor Who. Doctor Who! Yeah, yeah. Hey! Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Next, we had Amy and Rose, um, which I guess Amy Rose is sort of a Doctor Who tied to Sonic, and that's good. Hey, another one! Second Another reference. one. <laughs> um, all right. Douglas. Enrique. 
Miles, John, Sarah. Eh. Yeah. Uh, Terminator 2 2, Judgment Day. Yes, specifically Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Uh, All right. I I think that just, um, let's see. Re, if you get all the next ones right, you can tie. Hey, is this so I, ju- I have to steal one. <laughs> <laughs> to, to sabotage her to make sure Axel wins. <laughs> okay. Steven. Caroline. Alpha. Rocket. Caesar. Uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> uh, never seen any of those. I would never have gotten that one. <laughs> I've seen fucking all of them. This is so bad. Jesus. <laughs> all right. Whatever. It's like every Terminator. I've seen every Terminator. <laughs> all right. We're at the last one here. Sylvester. Elsie. Maeve. Charlotte. Bernard. Bernard. Is there a Bernard here? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter how slow you say it. It won't get through uh, my mind. Oh. Eh. That... Uh, uh-huh. Westworld. Westworld. Nice. <laughs> I've never seen that one. I'm going to uh, let myself off there. Uh, the, the, seri- the series is pretty good. Uh, yeah. you know, it, it's an interesting reinterpretation of the original movie. Crichton mm-hmm. might have liked it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Michael Crichton, by the way, was also the the writer of Jurassic Park. Um, he made the original movie Westworld, but uh, he also like people I think criticized him at the time for just like calling Westworld like Jurassic Park again, but with robots. <laughs> Which is funny because Westworld came out first and then Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. So yes. I, I think it's just like I mean, like he's known for Jurassic Park, right? So people are going to naturally compare anything he does to that. Um, Turns out I'm not good at that kind of game. Nero. yeah all right well i will i yeah i guess not let's sorry let's tally up the final score um oh, no. two three okay all right so in third place we have kyle with one point Ooh. in second place we have re with two points and in first place we have axel with seven points stop the steal <laughs> stop the count Okay, so let's uh, let's close out. So thank you to um, to, to Todd uh, George Lucas. I guess was in this one again too, huh? Um, Dynamic and, duo. Uh, yeah, um, some familiar I, faces here. Yeah, <laughs> I see a lot of familiar faces in the podcast today. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so um, you can find us at gameluster.com. We do lots of cool articles there, um, and you can also find us on youtube.com/gameluster where you can see our cool videos. Um, we have lots of stuff. I have my, I have been working, like I mentioned on my shadow, the hedgehog video very intensely (laughs) the last few days. And it's sort of, I think leaking into my brain. Um, and, uh, humanity absolutely peaked in 2005 when this game was released, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm losing my mind because like, I'm, I'm diving into like basically the, the, the basis of narrative structure and like all the components of like what a narrative is. And then talking about how Shadow the Hedgehog ignores and defies all of it. Like, it's incredible. Are, um, are, are you scribbling on the walls with bodily fluids? 
No, not yet. <laughs> then you're um, okay. <laughs> okay, but like the the, the all the concepts co- like conflict, the the basic like conflict, the three act structure, like characters having goals and motivations and taking rational actions towards those goals. Like none none of it applies to Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> It's incredible. So it like it there's no climax. To. There's no rising action. There's no falling action. There, there's no choices. There's no consequences to those choices. It's it's just, <laughs> just a masterpiece. Amazing. It's a how masterpiece. Have, it's how do you have two hundred endings? How do you have two hundred twenty-six? Three hundred twenty-six endings. And no consequences in any. Do not <laughs> misquote the scriptures to me. I was there when it was written. <laughs> Oh God! I I the, you can find us on Twitter. I don't know why you'd want to at Gamebusters Pod. Honestly, um, we're not this crazy on Twitter. Mostly, no, no. I I my my takes are restrained there. We we um, think before I only, we talk I only on post that. Sonic related content every other day. If anything, I want to see more hot takes, y'all. Come on. Oh, okay. okay. We'll, we'll yeah, step we can, up. We can do more. Yeah. What, what's it. the thing everyone likes? It's, it's, um, fucking. Uh, what are, what are they like? They're like Spider Man. He sucks. <laughs> oh oh. Kids, do kids these days like Spider Man still? <laughs> what are the kids like? They like I like Spider Man a lot. Um, so um, yeah, you can find us uh, like I said on on Twitter at Gamebusters Pod, and if you want to um rate us on your app store of choice, that would be super cool if you could give us a good rating and review. That absolutely helps us with like discoverability. So if you if you are particularly on like the Apple Store. Like if you're getting your your podcast from there, like it it 100 is like a huge benefit to us uh, for visibility and stuff. If you give us a good review, um, so yeah, um, we're uh we uh you, oh you can we do some giveaways on Twitter too. I think we're gonna probably start up another one today actually. Um, still got some keys hanging around. Um, so come find those there. Um, yeah, thank you to our our guests. So uh, Axel, you have any plugs for what are you working on right now? Uh, still getting ready for the uh, Cyberpunk Red tabletop review. Uh, definitely going to be getting uh, our players together for a critical role style session through Night City, which will be Ooh, you know, okay. far far less buggy than uh, than what CD Projekt Red put out. <laughs> I, I like. I don't know. I'm. I. I'd, I'd be surprised. I guess if it if this tabletop game is as buggy as the as the video game. So I, yeah, I hope I hope I hope it runs well. How many frames per second does it get? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, wow, the con- the controls question. are really responsive in this. <laughs> See, if I if I was DM for that, I'd, I would be absolutely. Evil. I'd be like, you take a step, you fall through the world, you're dead. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Next person. Every time, time. Yeah. You, you take a step, you launch into the sun, you then <laughs> launch back through the pavement saying, wow, that was weird. <laughs> that was weird, yeah. Um, Kyle, uh, what, do you want to plug anything? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Just happy to okay, be how here. about this? Is there, is there like a funny video you've seen recently you want to plug? Um, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You exist for the sole purpose of gave ele- us it's this. I'm going to plug this. I'm going to plug this really unknown podcast. Uh, it's called Gamebusters. Okay, you should listen well. to it. Um, actually, no, Kyle. Uh, we need to plug the. What is the? What is how? You, you know that video Ryan posts maybe like once every six months of like that like puppet talking to that guy in the park and the music's playing. What do you you know? What I'm talking about. 
the like the like the is like like you're in my personal space like you can't in my personal space you know what i'm talking about oh god we 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 watch this like it, it comes up again every few months and i always forget what it is or where to find it but it is the funniest I video i've blocked it out of my memory i think you might have it's it's horrifying but it's like probably the funniest thing i've ever seen anyway go search what i just said yeah um those exact words <laughs> re what do you have um okay well game lost is going to be covering the steam game sale soon so check out for some in, uh, previews of demos there um also i'm gonna plug the same article i plugged last week which was my uh opinion piece i did for tech raptor on what fallout the frontier could learn from fallout new vegas um, I toned down my aggression towards the frontier a little bit because they made some changes to the game that I liked. Um, but still, people seem to be interested in picking apart the frontier. So yeah, go check that out. Yeah, um, very cool. All right, so you can... Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's about it. So um, yeah, if you, by the way, if you are interested in, you know, us doing like a specific game, you know, feel free to shoot us a, a tweet. That's what we tweet for. We're on there. So I think that's probably about it. Let's um, re, I, I don't know, like we're, we, we've been in this elevator for an hour and a half. Do you have some sort of like, um, who, who won? Who won, by the way? Was it Kyle? Yeah. That brought Stitch? Oh, okay. that was me. Yeah. That was you. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Sorry. So Kyle, um, we have, I know we, we've been in this elevator loading for a very long time. Um, could you please e- use some sort of catchphrase or incantation to to break us out of the elevator? Um, uh, go team! Hey, I love it. <laughs> that was for the that was in in uh that was it for the Super Bowl tomorrow. Yeah, the, that, that, yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking. Right. If our team wins, things are going to be very good. But so help me, if the other team wins, it's going to be bad. They're going to be very bad. Enthusiasm, guys. I can tell you really care about what, that sports what, what ball. Are, what are the te- what are the teams that are playing? Oh, um, it's Tampa Bay against uh, the Chiefs. Yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, nailed it. Can yeah, Kansas. Uh, you, you watch your ass, Kansas. Um, uh, Kansas City. Kansas City, <laughs> which is located in Missouri, which I hate. Um, that's true, by the way, Ree. I don't know if you know that. What? Why? <laughs> <laughs> America's like people. it makes sense that we have stupid names because we're like a billion years old. But over there, you guys are new. You got no excuse. I, 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 sorry, I just remembered a thing. And um, I, I know we're uh, so far from the ending. I the, in the office there was like the the part where like Aunt Andy and Angela are like supposed to get married, and she's like trying to put off the wedding as long as she can. And she's like, she tells Andy like to find the wet a wedding venue, but it has to be a castle and it has to be at least a thousand years old, but also on the continental United States. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like starts trying to find a location like that, um, which is really good. Um, anyway, so Kansas I'm City sorry, is Kyle. on the border of Missouri and Kansas. So yeah, all right. Sorry, Kyle. We 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 really like took away that last the finality of that last phrase from you. Could you do something else for us quickly? Something. Oh God. I, I Don't pretend much, like Go Team was some something you prepared. I spent so long, long coming up with that first one. Uh, okay, bye. <laughs> Are we free? Are we free from the elevator? <laughs> I'm really good at catchphrases. If you can't tell. Okay, the recording is stopping. We're free.
Every time I watch, uh, like, Full Metal Alchemist at the beginning, they're like, this is equivalent to exchange. And I'm like, yeah, why aren't scientists watching this? It's so easy. <laughs> 